Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. If I can paraphrase Mark Twain, everybody seems to talk about health care. Nobody seems to be able to do anything about it. Uh, a number of people have tried. A number of people have made promises about how to fix Hamilton, or Ontario's health care system and specifically some of the things that are going on here at Hamilton. Uh, there's a lot of problems. We, we talked about wait lists. We talked about code zeros. We've talked about people waiting in the hallways because there are no rooms upstairs in hospitals and on and on it goes. It's going to be an issue in this provincial election. At least I hope it's going to be an issue. Uh, one of those who has been talking about this is Andrea Horvath, of course, leader of the Ontario NDP, and she joins us on the Bill Kelly Show. Uh, she's got an event coming up. Andrea, thanks for the time. It's good to have you with us again. My pleasure, as always, Bill. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I, I was asking, I guess, somewhat rhetorically, Andrea, before you joined us in the last segment here, when are we going to start talking about issues? I mean, let's face it, the campaign is, is for all intents and purposes, underway, and we seem to be talking about personalities and not uh, and not people and not issues. <laughs> well, you know what? There's there's no doubt that there's a, a lot of attention being placed on what's happening with the uh, Conservative Party right now, but I think just because people are watching it, doesn't necessarily mean they like what they see. Uh, that party's in a mess. Uh, it is not. Well, people slow down for of... people slow down for automobile accidents too. That doesn't mean they like <laughs> exactly. them. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 in a in a mess for sure, and it's it's having a hard time governing itself. Uh, there's just no way it's uh, it's capable of governing the province. And so I'm actually doing exactly what you have suggested. I'm continuing to talk about the issues and to raise the concerns that Ontarians raise with us. And, of course, one of the ones I was talking about today was the story of a, a couple, uh, longtime Hamiltonians, the DeFasco retiree and his wife, uh, David uh, Ronald, and his wife, Kristen, who are stuck in Costa Rica. Uh, he had a fall in the jungle and broke uh, uh, you know, his pelvis as well as uh, part of his back, and um, he's had to have his first surgery in Costa Rica. They tried to get him back to Ontario. It didn't happen. There were no hospital beds available for him, uh, so they had to do his second surgery in Costa Rica as well, and now four days later, they're still waiting uh, to get back to Ontario, and they're still being told there's no room at the end. And so it's, uh, it's a terrible situation. So uh, as you mentioned, the code red, uh, situation, quote, zero rather, rather situation that we have with the ambulance offloading, uh, the alternative level of care patients, uh, you know, the crisis of overcrowding with people in, you know, in stretchers and gurneys in the hallways and in, in TV rooms and lounges with no privacy, no dignity. Um, you know, the problems in our healthcare system are significant. And after 15 years at the helm, uh, the Liberals have done really nothing but make it worse. Well, we, we have, I can remember some of the arguments we would have back in the old days of the, the common sense revolution. And I'm not looking back upon that whimsically, by the way, because uh, they were closing hospitals in those days. And you know, the twenty-eight premier, they closed they closed twenty-eight seven thousand beds gone. Well, yeah, but if you if you were to talk to Mike Harris at that time, though, Andrew, and you remember the the answer that we used to get back in those days was we didn't actually close any hospitals. No, they didn't. All they did was cut off the funding for them, uh, so, so they couldn't <laughs> yeah, operate. Exactly. <laughs> well, similar to what we have now. I mean, we have all. Of these, you know, unfunded, quote-unquote, unfunded beds, I mean, certainly the Liberals, you know, had to do something, so they gave 68 new beds to uh, to the area, but we are still operating 200 beds that are not funded uh, here in our, our region, which is, uh, here in our city, which is, it's just unacceptable. Look, we have to fund hospitals uh, to, to be able to cover inflation, population growth, uh, the particular unique needs of, of different communities. Uh, it's not a cookie-cutter approach. Uh, it needs to be sensitive to what's happening in the various regions. And cutting 
and freezing budgets is a recipe for disaster. And now we're living out that disaster, unfortunately. People aren't getting the dignity and quality of hospital care that they need, and people can't even get a bed. We, we have two sy- basic systems here, the St. Joseph system and, of course, Hamilton Health Sciences here in the Hamilton area, uh, both of which I know you're, you're very familiar with. Uh, the last report I saw, Andrea, both were running over capacity. In other words, at about I think it was yeah. 107% with one and 110 at the other. In other words, there are more patients than there are beds, which is why, as, as you've already articulated, they're, they're in the hallways, they're in, they're in lunch rooms, uh, they're in you know, waiting areas, things of that nature, because they're trying to find a spot for them. Uh, and even the code zero centers around the fact that there aren't enough hospital beds, which is why paramedics have to stay there until they're discharged. Well, they can't get discharged until there's somewhere for them to go. This really always seems to come back to primary care and to hospitals. Well, I mean, there's there's no doubt that uh, primary care is a, a big piece. The, the, the real problem we have in our long-term care system continues to be a problem. I mean, let's face it, we have a public inquiry right now into uh, into long-term care, but it's not fully scoped. Like, it's only talking about those heinous wet locker crimes. It's not looking at uh, the big picture and what, uh, what, what's systemically uh, lacking in our long-term care system. One of the things is there are 30,000 people on the wait list for long-term care now. And within a couple of years, that'll grow to over 50,000. Uh, it's, a, it's a shameful situation, and we know that those alternative level of care patients are part of the, you know, part of the challenge that hospitals face right now. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the nuts and bolts of this. And we, we just did a segment yesterday about long-term care. It's, it's interesting that you should bring that up. And, and it's actually another situation that got dumped onto Hamilton City Council uh, because the operators of some of the long-term care facilities have gone to City Council and said, look it, we're not against this minimum wage that went into effect. We understand why that happened, but it's added an extra cost to us now, and we're having problems making ends meet. Uh, it's another example of government enacting a policy without understanding uh, all of the ramifications. Even though the policy in itself and, and standing alone may make a lot of sense, there is always going to be some ramifications to this. Uh, how does the well, NDP I mean, look at addressing something like that? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, the NDP was urging the Liberals a long time ago to start increasing the minimum wage. We were calling for 10 and 10, 12 and 12. And they stubbornly ignored us and stuck with the formula that would have gotten us to $15 in like 2032. Finally, because Kathleen Wynne saw a political advantage, she decided to jack up the minimum wage. Uh, she, she should have been doing that a long time ago. Having said that, it's irresponsible not to acknowledge uh, that many, uh, particularly social services agencies and, uh, you know, those um, arm's length agencies from government, the, the ones, the, the transfer payment agencies, uh, that uh, government contracts to provide community services and, and uh, you know, tertiary health services, for example, are going to be impacted. And so the fact that they didn't have any plan in place whatsoever to even cover off, uh, the, you know, the pressure that it's going to put on, on public and community services, is, is, I mean, it's shameful. It's a shameful disregard for, uh, for the impact of the decision. Uh, it's something that the government should have been on top of, and it, I think it proves, again, uh, that this was more a political uh, endeavor by Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals. It was more a political calculation about trying to find something that they could take into the election that's coming up in a couple of months. And again, people deserve so much better than that, Bill. They deserve a government uh, that actually puts people at the heart of every decision. Not, you know, not to raw politics, not, you know, their own political party interests, uh, but what is in the interest the best interests of the public. And we've seen for too long uh, this Liberal government uh, 
uh, make decisions based on what's good for them and their friends instead of what's good for the people. I mean, it's one thing, you know, when, when small businesses have to deal with this, and, and they, you know, the answer is some, in some cases is, well, just, you know, raise your prices a little bit, and people can tolerate that. And, and I suppose there are some people who will accept that. But you can't tell that to a long-term care facility. You can't tell them to raise their prices. They work on a per diem, which is set by the province. There's not a darn thing they can do about this. So the question, and, and obviously, and how, do you, how, how, how would the NDP fix that? Well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things. I mean, first and foremost, we've already made a commitment uh, that within the first 100 days that we're in office, when we form government in June, we are going to expand the scope of the public inquiry into long-term care. Uh, we're going to take a find-and-fix approach. In other words, as we find the problems, uh, we'll be getting the recommendations immediately and not waiting for two years until the entire thing is wrapped up. Uh, we'll take a find-and-fix approach and fix the problems as we find them. We have to put our long-term care uh, uh, system into sh- uh, shape, not only uh, to try to take pressure off the hospitals, to ensure that the people who are living in long-term care get the dignity and quality of hands-on care that they deserve, but also to prepare us. I mean, let's face it, uh, demographically, there's a whole bunch more people going to be pushing up against the ho- a long-term care system, and we have to get it right now. There's just uh, no way that we can we can you know continue on the path that we are. It is a, a system in crisis. So, so we've made some commitments around long-term care. And, of course, our full platform isn't out yet. Uh, it is coming. Uh, and you'll see in that platform a real attention to our health care problems in the province, as well as a number of other initiatives that after 15 years, the Liberal government hasn't uh, found time to deal with. And, and you know, they're going to try to say uh, that they're going to have a budget. They're going to try to make promises. The bottom line is they've had 15 years to do whatever it is they're going to promise this time, uh, and they haven't done it. Uh, the bottom the bottom line is you can you know we can keep bouncing between bad and worse when it comes to conservatives and liberals cuts and privatization that both of those parties bring to Ontario uh, but I think now it's, it's time for something completely different and, and you know it's time for a, a government that's going to get some good things done for people um, and I think together we can make that happen. And, and and you're hitting some of the right notes here, but obviously we need to improve long-term care. We need to improve home care. Uh, we need to we need better hospice care systems. And 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 thank God, at least this government, I mean, started to fund hospices, not to the degree that they should, but at least they started that, unlike the previous government. But we're already paying. I think what is it? The last I saw, Andrea, about fifty-two cents out of every dollar in this province uh, tax dollar goes to health care. So I mean, the, the, you know, we can only pay so much. Uh, how are you going to fund all the stuff yeah. you're talking about? So, so there's a, a couple of things, first and foremost. Just because the Liberals brag about how much money they're putting into health care doesn't mean that they're using those dollars wisely. So there's that, right? So that's the first kind of, I think, thing that we have to acknowledge. The other thing is, look, health care is one of the most important public services that people rely on. We have to get health care right. Uh, you know, the health and well-being of, of yourself and your, uh, your loved ones is, is top priority. Nothing else in life really matters unless you have quality of life through health care. And so we are, uh, we are convinced. In fact, we've, we've got, a, uh, as I said, a platform coming. It's fully costed. It will show the people of Ontario exactly how we do get back to a province uh, where people can build a good life here again, where folks can have hope for the future. It's not impossible. Uh, I'd say it's impossible with the Liberals because they've proven after 15 years they can't get there. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that the Conservatives, conservatives will take us down uh, a path that's going to continue to cut and privatize our most cherished uh, services. Uh, New Democrats have a different one forward, uh, and it's one that's, uh, that I believe is, is exactly what this province needs. And I'm, I'm so excited about the campaign and uh, looking forward to 
sharing with Ontarians a vision uh, that's, that's hopeful for the future and that gets good things done again. But invariably, we, what we always hear from governments, well, whoever that is sitting in the corner office of Queen's Park is, well, you know, the funding's not there. Boy, we didn't know the books were that bad. And, and all of a sudden, these again yeah. become promises unkept. Well, again, uh, as I said, we will be having our full cost of platform, and people will be able to see exactly uh, how um, how we're going to change things in this province to make sure uh, that the fundamentals are taken care of. I mean, we, we should be able to expect uh, that government can provide for the basics. Uh, I mean, look, this government has had a dismal record, regardless of what file they're working on. They have a dismal record in health care. Uh, they touted all of this uh, work that they were doing with the Green Energy Act, and that turned into a failure. Uh, they've, they've made a mess of our long-term care system. Uh, our schools are closing, even though they ran back in 2003, and you might remember this, on a platform of a moratorium on school closures. And they've done nothing but school, uh, closed schools ever since. So again, uh, I don't think it has to be this way in the province. Uh, I think there is a way forward that, uh, that respects and protects our public services. Because you know what? Those public services are the tools that people need uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to have a good life and to be able to have a hope for the future. And I think that Ontarians deserve nothing less. We are a very wealthy province. We continue to have uh, decent GDP growth. Uh, and we need to make sure that, uh, that some of that growth is, is going towards the things that... Um, uh, that make our, our province a, a great place to live. Point taken, I get that. But, you know, the government of the day, in this case, obviously the wind government, will live or die on their record. We all understand that. But, you know, if, if people are going to start looking for alternatives, they're going to say, yeah, but what are you going to do differently? Uh, you know, promises are one thing. And you've made promises <laughs> well, you know, in the past couple of elections. You, Andrea, you made promises in the last couple of elections, and it didn't stand up to scrutiny. Well, you know, look, we're not going to privatize. We're not going to do what liberals and conservatives do. We're not going to privatize. And we're not going to cut health care. We're not going to cut the vital services. We're actually going to pay attention uh, to the fact that, uh, that people are struggling and that notwithstanding the fact that, uh, that folks are doing their best, uh, it, it's hard for people to, uh, you know, to build a good life. And wages are flat for the most part. Uh, services are being cut. And folks are trying harder and harder uh, to, to just to, you know, to, to keep things together, to, to pay the bills and, and, uh, and you know, be able to have a little bit to put away at the end of the month. That's, uh, that's not good enough. We deserve so much better in Ontario. And you're right. You know what? At the end of the day, uh, the election's going to come. People are going to have to look at the, the parties uh, and judge what their decision is. And, and all I can say is this. For over two decades now, we've been bouncing back and forth between bad and worse, between liberals and conservatives. There is a different way forward. Uh, there's, uh, well, and I think that's what people are, I think that's what people are looking for. I mean, you know, in the, in, the, in the last 25 years, I mean, all three parties have had a kick at the can, and, and uh, an awful lot of people have been unimpressed, so we are looking for a different way, which uh, is something that we'll have to pick up on another time. We're right up against the clock right now. Andrea, thanks as always. Good to have you on the program. Always my pleasure, Bill. Take care. Andrea Bye. Horvath, the leader of the Ontario NDP. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.